Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Along the Wise Men Say podcast, back after a win. It was never in doubt, really, was it? Kind of. We kind of said that, Gareth, didn't we, on Thursday? Somebody come on me on Twitter and said that I was spot on on no, Thursday no. and I replied and said that I would, I'm, it could be any Thursday. <laughs> oh, God. I wish I'd never bothered asking you that now. Rory Fallow's here for the second week in a row as well. You alright, Rory? Yeah, especially after that. Even even more chipper to So be keen here. to come in this week. You were here before all of us, sitting here. I know. Well, like I said, <laughs> no traffic on the way here. Half term, just making everything, everything so much smoother getting to Sun FM. Okay, delighted to say also, uh, for his first appearance on The Wise Men's Say, a part of all of our childhood, I think it's fair to say. You don't mind me saying that, Roger Thames, do you? No, I don't get easily offended, carry on. <laughs> well, there's nothing to be offended by, you know. Oh, yeah. It's only sort of a certain generation, anyway, yeah, any, which uh, would be our generation. Any uh, end-of-season video or any football match, any football that was on ITV hmm? at the time, Tynesies. School holidays of just watching the Peter Reid era yeah. end of season reviews when it's when it's raining so you can't like go out and then just reliving the Quidditch oh, right, glory days. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> uh, there were a few uh, a few eras that you wouldn't repeat too much in a hurry as well, but uh, <laughs> not just from the club on Weir side either. I can remember <laughs> some of those random games because you would you would have weeks, wouldn't you, back in when we were in all division two and we wouldn't be on at all. And then it would show you West Ham vs Sullen, and there would be a six 0 Remember that one? I, I was a kid. Can you know? No. Well, shoot didn't happen um, every shoot was the mm. program. It didn't happen every weekend. So uh, when I first came to Tyne so we used to uh, only cover games like two maybe three times mm. in a good month and on other weekends we'd take the big match from London uh, so it was only after a year or so that, that I'd been there that eventually we decided to uh, try and do a programme every week I mean quite often you know, there wasn't a team at home remember it didn't work like mm. that so uh, covering television football was very very different then I remember the highlights used to be on as well on a Sunday afternoon the back page was it? was it called the back page? You probably produced it. I can't remember. No, <laughs> well, we've had a few different programs, but uh, yeah, when we were doing a, you know proper uh, highlights program, an hour of football, then it used to at one stage it was alternating. So there was match of the day on a Saturday, and then ITV regions did their own local program yeah. on a Sunday, and that was the only chance that people got to watch their teams being covered on television. It's not like now when you know every goal from every game. Uh, it's covered. Um, yeah, we are going back to well, when I started was 1976 at Tyne T, so uh, there's been a few changes since then. <laughs> and what was the, the highlight of all that time? I mean, I, I know you've, you've got a, you, you cover Sunderland and Newcastle, so. And Middlesbrough. <laughs> yeah, well, kind of, we forget about them. Um, and, uh, from a Sunderland perspective, because obviously, you know, you've covered Newcastle winning the league and stuff as well, but the Peter Reid era, I guess, would have been. The best as it gets comes for a Sunderland fan. Uh, yeah, Peter Reid was the outstanding manager uh, of all my time there, without a shadow of a doubt. There were a couple of other ones that I look back on with great, uh, great interest. Um, 
Um, Alan Durban, if you go back even further, Alan Durban, who signed Ali McCoist and got Sunderland up to about sixth or seventh, uh, and that certainly was the first manager since I've been there who really got Sunderland uh, a decent force in the top flight. Uh, and Dennis Smith as well, I had a lot of time with because I got to know him pretty well. He followed on from Laurie McMenemy, who <laughs> said, oh, you mustn't mention the promotion word. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, Dennis Smith came in and the first thing he said, well, we've got to get promoted because <laughs> uh, they were in the old third division then mm. and you know, him and Viv Busby were, were a great uh, comedy double actor oh, I think but no. back to my childhood yeah, no, the, 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 the Peter Reid era uh, ironically you know, the greatest ever game that I saw involving Sunderland was sadly a defeat mm. was, you know, was the playoff final yeah. at Wembley but you know, that was the game that made Sunderland for a few years the club they were, the club they could be and the club they should be mm, Absolutely and of course you, you're still covering Sunderland and Newcastle now as well. You want to tell our listeners about how you're doing it? Uh, well, I do a variety of different things these days. Uh, I left Tyne Tees quite a few years ago when it stopped basically covering um, regional television, really, not just regional sport. Um, so these days I work for um, Commercial Radio in Ireland. I cover games for Today FM out there. Uh, I also work for another company in London which covers quite a bit of um, club football. So a couple of times a month I'm doing Everton, believe it or not. Uh, no connection with <laughs> Everton, apart from the fact somebody asked me to do it, so I've been seeing a fair degree of them um, and a really interesting club uh, to cover. Most of the games I do are actually from a studio in London but um, um, Everton are, are a club which despite their failings at the moment it's the sort of club that I think that Sunderland and Newcastle and Middlesbrough they shouldn't be aspiring to be, but they should be because Everton have got a great community spirit. You know, they play really good football, great bond with their supporters, um, a lot of tradition. Uh, you're thinking, well, surely our teams should be able to be as good as Everton. Um, and then I also do I do some stuff on other sports. And um, uh, I, the last few years, I've been lucky enough to work for um, host broadcasters um, who cover some of the big championships. So. Uh, Source next year. Uh, well, <laughs> so uh, I'm off to the. I'm going to the Olympic Games in the summer. Uh, in fact, in two days' times, I'm actually going to Rio for a pre-Olympic event to cover of all sports diving, which is something I got into doing a few years ago. Tom Daly and all that lot. Mm. Not diving, as in Jürgen Klinsmann or decent work. Decent work. Absolutely. The wise men say a podcast are coming along for the yeah. journey as well. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, like well, to announce. Did you used, contrast? Did you used to get? I bet I can imagine that back <clears> in the day you were. You had Newcastle fans um, sort of insinuating that you were biased towards Sunderland and vice versa. Did you get a lot of that going on? They didn't insinuate. I used to get a huge amount of well, stuff all the political. time. You're Mackham and you're, you're black and white and, and then Middlesbrough were just whatever they fancied calling you. So it was when people used to call me a Borough supporter that I, I couldn't get my head around that. Um, I, I came up from living in uh, Essex and East London, so Arsenal have always been my team. Um, but, uh, yeah, you get a lot of that. Uh, understandably, because... Which well, means you could your job, you're showing enthusiasm in your, in your commentary. Well, there you go. Uh, to be honest, I think it's been, uh, it's been an asset, because it, it's, very, uh, it's very difficult if you're covering all three teams and you do come from the region, then you, you must have a favourite club. You're looking at me here. Passions <laughs> run so high that it's not very uh, easy to be objective about your team. Uh, I've never wanted to cover the team's 
by being sort of Fred the fan. I've always wanted to just cover it by being, you know, a commentator or a, a, a journalist. So um, I think there are times when at least I could look myself <coughs> in the mirror saying I'm genuinely not biased. Me too. Only in favour um, of Arsenal. <laughs> 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 OK, when we get on to this, this weekend's game, then it's, uh, I mean, Rory, first of all, this, this, this hopefully proves to us that the Man City game wasn't a one-off. Particularly, yeah. you start with the new players, don't you, when, when you think of it? It's a game where it kind of looked like everything was coming together in that in the Man City game, we had the, you know, we were good off the ball, we were good on the ball, we didn't have a finishing touch there. In this game, we had that finishing touch. And I think since the turn of the year, we've been playing quite well without the ball. If like you remember the Aston Villa game, I remember saying, I've never seen us play so well without the ball, but be so awful with it. And even against Liverpool, we, you know, yeah, we were a bit poor in that game, but the first half we were limiting their opportunities to get into the box. They never really, especially in the first half, mm. work the ball in our, our box. It was the same with Man United as well. The, their opportunities were so limited, but we were good going forward. Twenty, We had 21 shots on goal in that game from eight different players. It shows how we, you know, if we're looking to take the burden off to four now, we're spreading the opportunities mm. throughout the team, which is a massive, I mean, massive we, positive. We, we bemoan the fact that we never put together what should be a routine home performance, yeah. uh, possibly Stoke every season <laughs> for some reason. We always play well at home, Stoke, and beat them. But two games in a row against Man City, yes, this Man United team isn't great. Um, but, could you know, for example, we, we Bournemouth have beat them, Norwich have beat yeah. them. So it isn't a, a sort of special achievement as such, but it's just it was important that we did that, though. Like, we've struggled to beat teams that are half decent or when they've kept 11 men on the pitch as well so <laughs> to do gotta, that you got to remember though Man United were coming into a little bit of form they've yeah. been a lot better in the last few weeks haven't they and we said that yeah, last week it seemed as though like, it's just another in a long line of things that haven't quite gone our way this season we always seem to like you know the ball doesn't break right yeah. or, or whatever or we'd, we'd play a team who are coming into form or lose players in, I mean window closes and people t- I mean I wasn't particularly fussed about losing Fletcher but if we lose four yeah. forwards essentially the week after the window closes, um, it's a bit frustrating. But you know, the, the, I think in terms of the squad <coughs> itself, you, you, before the game, and there's something that's been building. I think you're right about the off the ball performances, and I guess you know went to Swansea and won the game there. Yeah, beat Villa, um, and I guess Man City in a way was like the the culmination of like both aspects. Going yeah, forward and defensively, it was just a complete, yeah. more of a complete performance, and they've carried that through, even though it was a bit iffy against Liverpool. Like I mean, you, you made the point, Rory, that we didn't have the cutting edge, but uh, Joe Hart, of course, made a fantastic save yeah. in that game. So uh, another another day we could, could have certainly got a point there. Roger Sam Allardyce has came and said that the the new signs in January have had a sort of uplifting effect on everybody, on all the players, and that's visible when you watch it. I said, I said after the Man City game, even though we lost that game, and um, we come out of the stadium and we heard that we, we thought Swans you'd won, but of course I conceded a late minute equaliser, and people were still smiling because the players you feel like they're putting it all in, but you feel like there's a little bit of quality. Suddenly the whole place seems different, doesn't it? The, the doom and gloom, perhaps, is starting to lift a little bit. Well, 
it's one game. Let's not go too crackers. I'm sure um, Sam Allardyce. Come on, you've got to understand our listeners sit and listen to us talk about losing every single week. No, no, no. I I think the biggest reflection on the performance on Saturday was the reaction of Louis van Gaal, who didn't come in ranting and raving about refereeing decisions or this, that, or the other. He just came in. He was absolutely shattered, and he he didn't make any pretense at all. He just that they were well beaten. He cited the aggression, particularly that they couldn't match. I think getting a good start was absolutely massive in these games. And if you can set a positive tone from the start, uh, and the team have been edging forward week by week, you could see there were improvements and you can see, I think Allardyce has managed the situation you know, pretty impressively, to say the least. Uh, all the way through the season, you could see he was trying things, evaluating things, um, you know, the different flirtations with formations he's had, trying to get people in the right combinations, uh, seeing where the weakness was. Uh, I think, obviously, you know, the players he's brought in have made a, a difference. And you think that Kirchhoff had to go off you know, mm. very early on, which disrupted things. Uh, but Kasri was looks very... Um, I'm not going to say up for it mentally, but he looks physically prepared and capable of dealing with it straight in there, uh, very committed, um, very comfortable in what he was trying to do. He's not the next Jairzinho or anything, <laughs> but he certainly was. He had an impact on the game. His set-piece delivery was great. And uh, and the big lad at the back has certainly come mm. in and not messed about. No, well, I mean, the, the corner thing has such a knock-on effect as well, doesn't it, Rory? Because John O'Shea looked like a Rolls-Royce defender at the weekend. Yeah. And that's because he's got somebody to do his running for him. Corner comes, heads the ball, does all that. And it just lets O'Shea get on with communicating and organising the defence, yeah. which sounds simplistic. But he looked like he was actually enjoying a game of football for a change. There's been times since he's been here when he's looked like he, he just wished, you know, he, he must have wondered why he left Man United to come and get yeah. involved in all of this, and he's really struggled, and he just looks so at ease, and that that makes all the difference because, well, Corny's made all the difference yeah. to him. He's always O'Shea's always looked best in partnerships as well. Like obviously he's had long stretches playing alongside Brown, and it's like you say, if he can just get on with being the captain, the organizer, the leader. And it allows that it allows Corner, who's playing alongside him, who's got that bit more bravado and exuberance to like maraud forward with the ball and like like when he gets in that area to have that shot, what De Gea pulled off an amazing mm. save from. It's just confidence throughout the whole that, whole that side. Didn't, that uh, didn't look as good on the TV actually back, but I was right behind it when yeah. he hit it and he. Uh, he really caught it. Like, and yeah, yeah, he really caught it, and it was a fantastic save. Just like, no one was expecting no, it either. No. <laughs> it was great. It was brilliant. Well, yeah, but there seems such a comfortable mix the two yeah. central defenders. So Kone wants to attack the ball. He's obviously he's a lot quicker than John O'Shea's, which means that O'Shea can say, "Great, I can sit here," mm, and then exactly. he can watch what else is going along. Uh, I mean, when he's been playing with Wes Brown, between the two of them, they've had injury problems. Uh, they're not exactly the youngest centre half pairing, so. Um, I think that's not been easy, but O'Shea is a class act all round, yeah. and mm -hmm. yeah, you need to get the best out of out of people like him mm -hmm. um, if Sunderland are going to get through this. And certainly, the I don't, sorry, I just don't think. I mean, O'Shea is a good player, and like he's, I don't think he's had the like. He seems to get a lot of un unwarranted stick. I think I don't. I don't think he gets the credit he deserves for being. If you look at his time over Sunderland, I know he had at, at Sunderland. He had that spell at the beginning where he had a lot of injuries, didn't he? Um, Bruce played, played him right, right back, back yeah, which, did, which right didn't back. help him yeah. at all. Um, but <laughs> didn't he play left back against Newcastle in the derby? Yeah, he, in the away game, yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but 
You know, and he, you know, he's a player who's you know won Champions Leagues, Premier Leagues, all that kind of thing. Um, and but, but you know, still, to come, yeah. to come here, and I, th I think I think he deserves a bit more credit than he gets yeah. at times. But you're right, and definitely corners. It's a nice little combination between the two of them. They, you know, they match up quite nicely. But the age and physicality come down, don't they? Because a lot of the things he's been criticised for in the past is, is just basically down to his physical condition and his age. He can't turn. You know, yeah. If you put Aguero up against him, Aguero's going to spin him. He hasn't got a chance in hell, has he? Yeah. Which is why we're saying it's important he does have that player alongside him. Of course, you know, he never, he never looks in horrific trouble, though. When you look at some of the players we've had, you know, who've come played at centre back in the time that O'Shea's been at the club, and O'Shea's still there because his positioning's really yeah. good, reads the game well, and it's just it's total experience. And yeah. it's like you see, he gets that unwanted stick. People like going on about this. Rotten core thing. No one want, nobody yeah. wants stick. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like oh, the, the rotten core that we apparently have yeah. at the club, and like and he that, gets put in with them. Yeah, like he's that. probably thinking what? <laughs> like I don't smash up cars on Grey Street. He's very. Um, I mean, I've done a few interviews with him over the last few years, and yeah, he's very impressive to deal with. He's um, very much the senior pro. I mean, if you look back over the last few decades, some haven't signed that many players who've won Champions League and won you know champions uh, uh, champions chips as well so yeah, he doesn't have to prove anything in terms of his quality uh, and I think Allardyce is just the sort of manager who comes in and says right what's he got what's he got what do they need fits it all together and makes sure he gets the best if you look back to his Bolton days uh, he had a tradition of of signing older quality players and getting you know a season an important season or two out of them and I think he's having the the right sort of influence on uh, on John O'Shea and of course we said uh, how it, uh, the effect of Cornell allowed him to just get on with organizing the fence now that's important certainly when you look at the two fullback positions as well who had excellent games I thought now Patrick Van Arnold we've said on here before and I know one of us tweeted from the account career well, well obviously not not one of us because it wasn't was a year with Aiko. Yeah. <laughs> the hell are we we've seen this before from from Van Arnold. Now it's true to an extent, but I don't think you know his confidence at minutes up there yeah. in the clouds. I don't think we've seen that's the best he's played for me by a long way at the weekend. He's comfortable, isn't he? That, that's the thing. He's at the start of the season he didn't look comfortable, and now he looks comfortable. Why that is? I mean, like you say, his, his confidence is high at the moment. The 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 influence he's had as a threat going forward is obviously going to boost that if you're scoring goals and creating goals in every game you know he's going to have one or two of those where he gets on the wrong side of the full back and yeah every single game that. Every he's, year every he's doing game. that yeah. more as yeah. well he didn't mm. do that as much this season which again you'd think uh, sorry last season you'd think it was a confidence mm. thing like well that. he had that shoulder problem didn't he which it was a real shame because he was in great form when he yeah. got injured at Palace and he did his shoulder and then he was out for about two months and then mm. You know, he came back in. You know, he did all right. Um, but he, yeah, he is a real talent. There's no doubt yeah. about that. I mean, he's comes from a fairly impressive pedigree. His problem has not been how good he's going forward. It's been the other way. And I think what Allardyce is is trying to do to say, look, let's concentrate on what he can do and try and uh, attack the problem mm. of what he doesn't do so much, which is the gap he leaves in behind himself and his basic defensive positioning. Uh, and, you know, he's trying to stack the team out uh, and get other players in there. I mean, when you've got Katamol, you know, and Kirchhoff in there as well, and also O'Shea now has a little bit more release, and he doesn't mm. feel he's got to be covering the guy to his right all the time, that he can then look behind exactly, him and yeah. be, pay a bit more attention to managing mm. Van Arnholt yeah. to say, oi, 
Not this time, yeah. mate. Back a bit, back a bit. Uh, and I think that's helped a lot because, yeah. um, you know, his contribution, his goals and the way he's got forward and the own goals that he's had chalked yeah. off, he's been absolutely brilliant going forward. But, you know, Allardyce is a big one for clean sheets, keep defence tight. Um, and I think he's managed to find another system and a balance of players which means he's able to facilitate the way he plays. And on the other side as well. I mean, Yedlin is he's not exactly the next Cafu, but he is unbelievably quick. And I think his pace gets him, gets him out of trouble a bit when he's not a, an experienced, natural defender who's going to sort of, if he gets up against a good wide player, know how to deal with it. I mean, Marshall, uh, Marshall's in great form at the moment, and he... He marshalled him quite in, well. In the first oh, half, yeah, he did. I, I know Marshall obviously scored in the first half, but I thought for the majority of the first half, Yedlin yeah, was excellent up I against think him. Got beaten, I think he got beaten once, yeah. um, and that was it, really. That's um, his main job, isn't it? Yeah. So. But they also, they do a lot more defending in the middle of the pitch. If you saw how much more they were closing down, yeah. you know, the ball wasn't getting out there, they were stopping a lot more supply, getting out to the wide men. Yeah. Whereas in the past... You know, it, a few months ago, the build-up was slow, mm. they were losing the ball in key areas, and then the, the defence was always under pressure. Uh, whereas now, the, the Allardyce has got a lot more shape in the team and a lot better balance. Well, that's it. It's the shape. And it, because the players seem to have a purpose now. Yeah. Where before, they were maybe looking for players to have yeah. take a little bit of responsibility. Yeah, Somebody so. mentioned after the game, oh, about Barini's little back heel, you know, what, what set up the corner for the goal, mm -hmm. and saying, oh, you know, Barini does, does that in bursts, and we're saying, but you feel like you can afford to do it in bursts now when other players around the mm -hmm. side are contributing as well. Because yeah. prior to that, Barini would perhaps have 10 minutes where he'd play really well, nobody else would contribute anything, and then he would go into his shell and well, he, come he, down a level. I thought Barini was half a yard quicker when he came on. I don't know, yeah, I don't know, I don't know why that is. Um, he just looked sharp. But the whole side do, though. Don't um, but that's because the way Allardyce manages is that no player will go out to that pitch without being totally clear what his job is, what he's expected to do and how he's going to do it. Um, if you're going to make comparisons, you wouldn't say the same thing about the lot a little bit further up the road, would you? Who go out there and you think, what was plan A, because I can't see plan B or C. <laughs> There's whereas, many attacking players well, on well, the pitch. Well, <laughs> well, well, you won't say that with, with Sam Allardyce, who, you know, I think the way he's had, he's been very... He wasn't... He strikes me as being quite different than he was certainly when he was at Newcastle when um had a bit more dealings with um, day to day stuff then and he wasn't the easiest and I, and I think that even when he was at West Ham that that didn't seem to fit quite so comfortably um and he was you know he was always having to go at the fans and what's this West Ham way and <laughs> all right. the crowd know about things and all like that now we haven't seen anything like that because I think he knows that you can't have a go of the Sunderland supporters mm. and Maybe have that degree of confrontation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and yeah. I think that he, it, it seems a much, much better fit for a manager like him. And he's you know, he's been so realistic in the way he speaks. He's never, you know, he was obviously delighted after Saturday and came out and said how pleased he was. But he wasn't bigging everything up. You know, he wasn't like uh, what he did at the beginning of the show. <laughs> well, yeah, no, 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 he wasn't. He wasn't talking everybody up the wrong way. You know, um, unfortunately, like the manager at Newcastle was doing, maybe like Martinez does a bit too much. Mm. You know, everything is. Mm. We were tremendous. We got such quality in the team. You know, we've shown it in our <laughs> results this season. We can do it. Well, on the six occasions you actually won a game. You know. And you're thinking, don't start talking like that. And I think Allardyce has got that 
balance about being positive but being realistic. He's never come in and say we're too good to go down or anything else ridiculous like that. He's really seems to have hit the right pitch. Even when things have been bad, he's come off and said we've got to stop doing that. Mm. And of course, that helps with the players buy into what, what, what he's doing. And I, the, I think the performance of the last few games certainly well, show that they are. If you look at them, if you look at them before the game. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Tim, the weekend, I know like people say huddles are empty and all that kind of thing. It's just a posture and they weren't doing that. But before the game, every player went round to each other. and Yeah, doing the Arsenal yeah, thing. Yeah, they were kind of yeah, like hugging yeah. each other and wishing each other luck for the game and Every goal was celebrated by every player by yeah. the goalkeeper. Yeah, they look that happier. Sort of That's yeah. the end of the game as well. Ka- Kazri, for example, he's just smiling all the time. At the Constantly. end of the game, they were just all in, in the halfway yeah, line together. Applauding everyone. And Via was yeah. geeing up the crowd, making us think, yeah. maybe he, con- he does want to stay, no, but I've been hurt before. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't handle it. If you contrast that with um, what people have been saying about Iheanacho for Manchester City, yeah, you went over after North he celebrated. Yeah, scored yeah. that equaliser, and then there's like, it was 19 seconds or so before somebody ambled over there to congratulate him uh, for what he did you know, and you think in, when you're looking at it as a fan or you think you know, that can't really make that much difference but yeah. it was yeah. Yeah. Um, it was just jumping into Corne's arms yeah, after yeah. the second yeah. goal yeah. I mean yeah, I mean, they, don't want, they don't want to be championship footballers no. and I think having players there who have got the right attitude and ambition you know, that's been the problem for for northeast teams, or certainly Tyne and Weir teams, is that there almost seems at times, and some of them have been particularly guilty of it, of of just being pl- pleased that somebody yeah. would sign for them. You know, yeah. almost like take anyone. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh, you'll play for us. That's great. <laughs> Thank you, Sebastian Carter. <laughs> like yeah. you know, oh, he's played for Liverpool. We must get him on board. You know, rather than Ricky Alvarez trying to sign players. You know, you. They were coming in, you know, coming in by the boatload almost, mm. um, compared to the difference at Allardyce's signings. You know, you just got a feeling that he's not going to have that nonsense. It's good to look at the, you know, the talking about like it almost the feeling of togetherness sort of generating like in in it, at a time maybe the last few years where it's been a, a siege thing. It's like oh, yeah. we have to get out last of this. Minute. I don't think we're we're there yet, and the, there seems to be something developing where it's actually. 
it's different. It's like they go the players, like you after the after the um, you know Man City game. See, walk out like I actually you know enjoyed the Man City mm. game more than the Liverpool That's game, even though there was a point. People were smiling at the end, at the end, of, it, end of it, even though we lost. Because you've seen them, they've gone out there and they've you know they've they've done done things that have. You, you you can you can see yeah that's exactly what we want as as, as Sunderland fans and you know like obviously we've talked about it plenty of times but that corner challenge on uh, Toure yeah. against Man City and there was a bit at the end again at the weekend where right near the end Kazri took the ball past a couple of players with a lovely little bit of skill yeah. and everyone again was like on the feet and you know him and Van Arnold that little one two three four five left, six yeah. up the line was absolutely gorgeous, brilliant you know yeah. and it's right. great it's great to see you know. Let's not get carried away. Let's not get carried away. They're still deep in trouble. Oh, yeah, They're absolutely. still now you're looking like it could be three from four, could be perhaps a little bit better than that. Um, well, if the, you can look drag Swansea into it. I'm looking at the fixtures Swansea here. Swansea have got two tough games and Norwich have got two tough games. See the they? last three home games? Who's that, sorry? Sunderland. Sunderland's last three home games. What, Chelsea, would it be? Chelsea, Arsenal. Well, Leicester, then Arsenal, then Chelsea. We beat Leicester at home. You've heard it here first. <laughs> That's where their title, away, their title. Away to Watford. Away to Stoke. Title well, challenge will be horrific. Uh, away to Norwich. Could be absolutely everything. Home to West Brom. Currently, I mean, how they beat Everton. I saw them at Newcastle. Mm. West Brom. They were awful. West Brom kicked off, turned round, ran back. Settled into a nice eight-one-one formation. <laughs> it was and, and that win was huge for them because I did, we always we we've had our eye on West Brom, and they could be yeah. one of the ones who collapsed. There's always a team who collapses around this time. Had they lost, for example, I know this is theoretical because they didn't do one, but had they lost at the weekend, they'd only be six points ahead of us, and you'll be looking at that one, yeah. thinking, thinking they're in our sights. But as it is nine, as it just is keep is on a, winning a, games. Is a big thing. How they managed to win that, like. West Brom are just, just even when they beat us on Allardyce's first game, you're thinking, how did they win that game? Yeah, horrible. Yeah, it was horrible. Just generally, really bad game. <laughs> that yeah. wasn't yeah. it? Interesting game on the 20th of March. That Sunday looks as though it could be that quite an interesting game. Newcastle mm. away. Mm. Yeah, well, that's, that's a win, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about our centre midfielders. Um, you, you mentioned them, Villa there, and, and Catamol. Who there's something ironic about Catamol's performance at the weekend I thought because uh, myself and Gareth uh, label certain players or certain performances as, as match of the day players or, or match of the mm. day performances where you watch match of the day and you think wow he's a good player very different from when you're actually there in the flesh watching it Lee Catamore was probably the opposite of that yeah. where you'd have to be at a game to appreciate him we've mentioned he's struggling a little bit recently yet yeah, you watch match of the day and you see him put and die through, yeah, and you see him play four in the first thing. half, and you would have thought, "Wow, he's playing out of his—he's playing out of his skin." Where, in fact, he's struggling a little bit. But none of the centre midfielders, I thought, were individually brilliant to the point where you, you looked at them and thought, "Wow!" But collectively, their performance was excellent because it took pressure off the back four. Yeah, they were a good That was unit. a big part of the back four. You know, coasting through the game. Thought Vier grew into it. He had a bit of a slow start, and uh, Rodwell again a slow start. Too reactive when he comes on. I thought in the first half, actually, generally, stood off them too much. Yeah, well, I mean, when Cat Catamull's starting position was he was too far away from the ball every time. He, they needed to engage them more, and then the second half, that's when this did start to yeah. just put the squeeze on a little bit. But when Kirchhoff went off... barely had a kick in the second half. We struggled a little right? bit, didn't we, when Kirchhoff went off, I think, that just to adapt to things, and Rodwell came on. Like you say, he's a little bit reactive, a little bit of the headless chicken scenario. Just flat-footed. But I thought, I thought, Percy's second half, I thought, no, Rodwell, I thought no, Rodwell was no, very, very yeah, good. Made a really yeah, big I, I block as well. He, he, even more so than... I thought, I thought he played better than Lee Catamore in the second half. I thought he did things simply, and... 
I don't know. We keep saying maybe, maybe there's a chance with this guy, and then he goes back and he, he slightly different form. formation, wasn't it? it? Was slightly mm. it was a bit more four one four one, or you know, rather than being the the, the four two three one, where you've got Catamol sitting right in front of the central defenders. Yeah. He did seem to be uh, pushing up just yeah. a little bit more, which is maybe why you've He's seen him playing the bit, decent yeah. passes mm. forward uh, and not quite so. He wasn't quite so conspicuous, but he was quite effective. Um, maybe I think the load is getting a bit shared. We don't have these images of Catamoles sprinting across, trying to make some mm. desperate last-ditch tackle, which you know he shouldn't be making, and, and then getting booked. And it seemed a bit more controlled, and there was a bit more support around him, uh, which was huge as well. Because we, oh, again, we're not going to go to the Johnson thing, but that was we've lost some creativity there yeah. from that side. So that was a worry, Gordon, and the game potential wasn't it? creativity. Yeah, <laughs> but we've. Um, but we've, he's, 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 he's approaching it in a different way where we don't need it because we got wide a lot more. Now, I know he said he was targeting the man-new young full-backs with that, but again, yeah. it's having a strategy and a clear plan going on the pitch, and you can see that the players have that, and that's what it comes down to. When you've got the ball as well, you've got, you know, you've got to use it properly, you've got to do things at the right time, and you know the decision-making generally has been pretty good recently. He said about Kasri, you know, he seems to make lots of good decisions when he's got the ball, very positive... You know, like you love him, don't you? No, he's great. I think he's I really. Sense the new love. No, he's, he's really, I was, really good. We've not seen the like since Alfie and Di was here <laughs> with, <laughs> with Gareth. Of, of a genie, yeah. as well, no, he's to a lesser extent, <laughs> a genie. Yeah, he's, he is really good. Um, you know, I, I, I just think when you look at him, I think it's just the way he's slotted in, and he looks so comfortable. Yeah, you wouldn't um, think that he's only. Like, that was his second start. He, he, beat, he yeah. beat the first man from a corner. That'll do for yeah, me because yeah. you know that's good enough. enough for us, he didn't. He didn't beat the first man with his uh, free kick <laughs> and it went in. So maybe you should uh, have a. But think. it's just like it's not just his attacking. It's his, it's his work rate as yeah. well. It's like and you worry about that when you sign a player of that. Well, there was some, actually when you read up about and there was some accusations that. He'd switch off and yeah. maybe if he was he playing off the front, mm. he might not do maybe that. Maybe if you're being a bit wide, sing, cynical, it's because he's just came just in came and, he's, in. and he's eager. But Don't spoil <laughs> Just bring in a bit of realism. Like in the first half where he you know, brought up the play and he took the ball down that left-hand side, cut yep. inside and had that shot way over the bar. But, you know, it's, it's direct play, it's positive play. He's got you know a nice what? bit of like audacity about him, hasn't he? Yeah. Like he takes players on in a way that you don't think any other player on our side could. You, you've got to laugh because Sunderland, have, over the last four to five seasons, Sunderland fans. I mean, how on earth forty thousand keep turning yeah. up? Because yeah. they have seen some utter dross yeah. over the last four to five seasons. You know, three or four wins a season, and it's yeah. not as though they've been okay at home and mm. dreadful away. They've just been dreadful at home and not great away. Yeah. Uh, there's so much, and so, you know, you get someone like Kazri, who's coming in there, as I said, he's not the next Jairzinho, but he looks like he's got a decent, he's obviously got very good yeah. delivery, he looks a decent player, he's coming in with a decent physical ability to cope with what he's put into, and, you know, he's looked, you know, like a proper player yeah. and now everybody because we've got a proper player it's like wow yeah. this is <laughs> unbelievable yeah, it it's is. not a complete, it is unbelievable. he's not a waste he's yeah. not a waste of space he kicked the you know, ball which and went near somebody dreadful some of these other signs get filled up I mean he's perhaps everything we thought Alvarez was going to be or Lens or even or Lens yeah. even yeah, yeah. It's, it's you know I'm not going to get ahead of myself and start like comparing them like obviously, where you like you did with Tyven and thinking he was like the greatest thing. I didn't like, hardly. Happened. I didn't say that. But, um, <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I just think it's you know I think we, we're generally fair when we, we judge players, and I think 
when you look it's just the ease and you can you can play the same corner as well he just he breezed through that game at the, yeah. right at the weekend it was but, easy but I think you, you've got to look back on the influence of the manager uh, and I think one of the biggest positives to the club is it is now being run by a manager mm. not by a head coach plus some chief cook and bottle washer and a few other people <laughs> chipping in with their two penneth. I mean, you know, you're not going to have one person that does everything because you know, any um, scouting setup is a massive team organisational effort. But you want your most knowledgeable football person at the club making the most important decisions, which are, namely, who plays for the club. Uh, and mm. you feel that, 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 that had you had an Allardyce-like figure there then some of the uh, unbelievable stuff that the club is still paying for uh, would not have happened, because that's what's um, cumulatively put Sunderland in trouble, is that year after year there have been a load of highly unsuccessful signings who've come in there, disappeared without trace and with cost, and that everybody who's come in has had to spend the first six months trying to assess or clear out mm. the uh, the stuff that's been left for the previous let's, incumbent. Let's be, let's be fair, though, that began with Steve Bruce and he had full reign and well, Martin O'Neill. You can go all the way back. Yeah. You know, the, the, the worrying thing is the baffling thing is that if you look at the managers Sunderland have had the last half a dozen, they have had some extremely capable managers who have continued to prove, not all of them, you know, but if you look at Steve Bruce, who was without doubt an exceptionally capable manager, if you look at Mick McCarthy, who's without doubt an exceptionally capable proven managers, and they got into stages where you know, it was going wrong. And you think, well, the managers have changed... But the situation hasn't changed. So what's the what's at the heart of this problem? You know, and if God willing that something get through the rest of the season and stay up, then somebody has got to say, hopefully Allardyce, right, this cannot mm. continue to happen. Um, I think I, and you that's know, what, that's what Ellis Shaw gets... Ellis Shaw doesn't But you've got to look at the evidence, and you look at Steve Bruce, mm. whose home record was appalling. Mick McCarthy did a great job getting them up. Getting them up. Excellent championship uh, manager, uh, Fantastic, you know, yeah. and he's a championship manager, mm. he's been an international manager, but yeah, the man is no fool, uh, that's obvious. No, We've had the few crankies, we had the Di Canios and the cranky you know, managerial appointments and then the directors of football, the Defantes and all this nonsense that's gone on. Um, <clears throat> you know, and that's the reason why the club's in the position it is. You know, I'm just trying to take one step back from being quite as... Uh, in, you know, I'm pretty involved with Sunderland. I've watched them for 40 years. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm just as sick as anybody else mm. as why they should be continuing in this position. I don't think they're an easy club to manage. I think they're a difficult club to manage. Uh, and I also think that one of the things in the past that they haven't had a clear view of what they really are in a way that clubs like Southampton and Watford and these other clubs coming up, Swansea have had, they know where they are, they know how they're going to approach it, they know the sort of recruitment they're going to do, they have a perception, whereas I don't think Sunderland have had that clear view of what they are. They've got this fantastic stadium, they've got this great support, they've got a really good community uh, feel to the club as well, but they don't seem to be able to marry it into a proper policy of how they're going to carry I think, on. You know, they've tr I think with Sunderland, is it, 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 they try and it, it, maybe it's either like two years too late and the fad moves on to something mm -hmm. else or 
it just it just doesn't work. I mean, I mean, I don't mind the director of football thing, but at the same time, then it be the right people. It needs, it needs to be the right yeah. people but, but who, who are working work? through. But where does it work? Well, you, you it have works committees and you have players. It works at Southampton. I mean, they, they, that's how they do it. You know, and, and they, they have been, got their Reed. And they got Les Reed. Yeah, I mean, it works there. Um, it, I mean, it's like anything, though. I mean, Sunderland have been, 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 been rubbish for a lot longer than five years. We've been yes. rubbish for like 40 years. Yes. <laughs> so, well, and the, and the managers actually, have had the run of it. Uh, this is and, actually a golden period. Exactly. If you look in terms of their status, yeah. Yeah. this is a golden period. Seven continuous nine, seasons, nine, nine in the top flight. Now, that's even though they've nearly all been a struggle, but they were never going to be. Easy. No. Um, it just seems as though, I mean, the, I mean, the problem with Sunderland is they just never. And he got never, <laughs> never, never. It's always you well, know they never quite held back kick on. By the short term, that yeah. nobody can have a long term plan. Yeah. Uh, I think it, I think Gus was probably the closest to have come to a manager with that, um, and obviously that that broke down and it, you know the, he didn't agree with Congerton. He didn't like yeah. not having that control, did he? But I think that that's the thing is that you know. Players, are, you know, managers are going to have an ego, and I think in this country, you know, it's just because it's not the the done thing to have that set up. Then some some people struggle with it, and some people don't. I mean, on the continent, it's just a common thing that you have. Southampton did all right with it because they had a manager like Pochettino and, 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 coming yeah. into us, who would be all right with it. Yeah, and they but they do they have a clear view about what from, they're doing. But the uh, they have the a clear time. policy. They know which players are going to get signed and going to go off, and they've already got the yeah. ones lined up who they're going to go in. The Tadiches this world, and the Pellers they suddenly turn up with, who they say, well, when we lose him to Liverpool for ludicrous amounts of money and then he won't be any good anymore, then we've got other ones lined up. So they have got that continuous mm. plan because they've got the right people doing it. And regardless well, of whether it's a manager or a head coach, you do think yeah. Allardyce has got the, the network and the contacts yeah, for that, yeah. don't you? Look at this January signings. Before we finish, because we're, we're, we're nearly done now, I just want to know what people thought about Undoy at the weekend. I thought he's not a winger. Yeah, he's not a winger. He's, he's not... He's not even like a wide forward. He's not a striker. He's a centre forward. He was, like, he was like he's a good, centre forward as you can get. He like, was a good nuisance as well. He was like dragging players out yeah. the room. He was an aerial. I thought threat. he was a good out ball, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Holds it. Mm-hmm. Holds it very well. Very strong. And that, 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 as well, that, that, that one-on-one chance he had as well. It looked like a bad miss until you saw the replay from behind the goal. Yeah. When, yeah, you, saw, when you saw when you saw when you saw Dehaene just get his tiptoes on it. Which I mean, was an excellent save. Yeah. Pretty much. Mm. Uh, I think he was somebody that obviously Allardyce has brought in. He's brought him in on loan, so he doesn't want to go and you know, spend shed loads yeah. on him particularly. Mm. But he obviously looked like he knew what he could do. Uh, and again, he <clears> came <throat> in and he did a decent job in the first half. Did a job for him, and I think that's what the manager wants him to do. And then when he came up front, he could hold the ball up pretty decently. Um, he was very good, very good at falling over. You know, he, yeah. you know, he got in front of yeah, two or yeah. three people, and he, you know, he came away and he didn't really have it, but he came up with a foul. Yeah, uh, and it, you know, that's a real skill. So, yeah. so he looks as though he could do a job. Yeah. Uh, and you've got the great Jermaine Defoe. Whether it's Defoe, there's hope. What mm. a player he is. Yeah. yeah, and Defoe as well. I don't know what, what you think. Because he's playing up front now, week in, week out, by himself, it's almost like, right, no, you will do that. High balls are getting fired towards his chest, and he's coping with them quite well. Yeah, he wasn't Con- considering small, where, didn't have an easy afternoon. Back a couple of months, he wouldn't have been able to do it. And, he, mm. and sometimes you could see this ball getting pinged at his chest at 100 miles an hour, and 
and he's coping with it. He's taking it on his chest and then he's bringing a defender away. He's, he's holding him off he, using his strength and he's playing people in. So that's obviously helping his game as well. Yeah. Maybe he should have done that years ago. He might, he might have got removed to Real Madrid if he had that in his game years <laughs> he ago. He is a class act. I mean, he is an absolute <clears throat> class act when you've got someone like him that you know, you know where you've got Defoe up front and you're in touch, as Liverpool proved. And that goal he got against Liverpool was absolutely brilliant. He just, he, you know, he will always get a shot away. Won't always be brilliant. Likely it is it'll be on target, but he'll get the shot away and he'll get it away as quickly as he possibly can. That's why he scores loads of goals. And I think his attitude has been excellent. You know, he's been played in some, you know, stuffed out wide, told he's not first choice enough. He would have been, you could have understood if, if he'd have thought, what the hell am I doing here? You know, how have I ended up here? You know, I've got all these caps and Premier League goals and I'm playing in a team that's struggling, I'm miles away from home, but he doesn't, hasn't given that impression at all, he's been really professional I think, really good. I think, to be honest I think at the start I thought I'm not too sure about his attitude um, and I thought like we've just talked about this before, going back to the beginning um, that what you were talking about, about teams having a plan and everything Jermaine Defoe is exactly what we didn't need at the time when we bought him in terms of a player who can play in the system that Poirier wanted to play um, more of an Undoy type forward would probably have been yeah. the right kind of player for the way he wanted to play then Poirier decided he was going to change his system to try and accommodate Defoe and then it kind of broke down from there he lost his job but on the flip side you can't really argue with his record um, and he, he's been I think in the last in the last season, yeah, he's been really good. Um, well, his goals have kept us afloat this yeah, year, haven't they? No, he's been really there's, good. There's no um, that. But you have to have a, a goal scorer. The best season, season Sutherland had recently was on the back of Darren Bent, because yeah. you had a goal scorer, and he was the difference between being a struggle and being half it's decent. Fu it's funny, though, because I, I looked at this before, and um, like looked at the goals we'd scored season on season when we had certain players, and the difference... Um, between like at the end of the season how many goals we'd scored wasn't diff that different it was just one player had scored all the goals yeah. and then the next season they were shared around a bit more but we scored pretty much the same amount of goals so we could have ever had both at the same time we've never had, we've never had you, a we scorer had then and then people so. chipping in if, if you make the parallel to up the road sorry to keep doing that but I do see it's more right. the right team beat the week, yeah, five <laughs> so I, I, I watched that I thought that <laughs> was, was hilarious so. was <laughs> absolutely abysmal um, yeah. just one of the worst performances that I've seen and uh, then Villa played on Sunday and exactly, you know, exactly <laughs> the opposite of the performance that Sunderland had, had put in yeah. uh, and exactly the sort in their attitude but if you look back over the last few years because they have had a, two or three seasons where they've been They've had a run and they've got up into really a very decent position. But they did it because first they had Denver Barr, who got a dozen or so goals, and then they had Papi Cisse took over and got 12 or 14 goals. And then Loic Remy came in and did the same thing. And when they've had those three players, they've shot up the league. And when they haven't had anybody who could do that, they've gone right back down again. So having someone like Defoe, who, what's he on now? He's got nine or nine, nine Premier League goals and about 12, 12 or 13. Season. So if he ends up the season with 15, 16 goals, then that's the sort of return that gives you a chance to be OK. Euros. Unless you're Hodgson, obviously, because uh, he made some very strange comments on Match of the Day. I yeah, thought now well back in storage of scoring yeah. goals. I think he'd write he it off. making comments like, oh, That'll be enough you know, for them. Well, we the need this player back scorer and that player back scorer. So you've yeah. got every player in England to pick from, Roy. Why, well, why, it's not, it's, you're not a club manager with a squad with players coming yeah. back from injury. You can pick other people. 
He was just being, he was just trying to be the ultimate yeah. diplomat and yeah. say all the right things and make sure he said he, enough names and, you know, he was talking to the press and the players rather than the fans, mm. wasn't he? He said, yeah. he said Catamore was brilliant in the first half. I was thinking, what did you think of him when he was actually really good? Like, <laughs> like 18 months ago when he was excellent? Like, You'll never watch and him. And you wouldn't, you <laughs> probably never go. watched him, yeah. <laughs> probably, probably, probably only the second he time. He asked about Norble, didn't he, and sort of give a diplomatic answer because we were banging the Norble drum yes. here a yeah. couple yeah. of years ago as well, mm. Mark Norble for a start. Yeah. Just the kind of play England needs. Yeah. We've been over all this loads of times, we're not going to go, but we've been on this tangent before, so we're going to yeah. call it a day there, unless anybody's got anything pressing they want to add. Cheaper season tickets? Even more reason oh, yeah. to be positive? Posit- I think that's uh, something that should be mentioned, really, I think uh, that's... Uh Given everything that's well been done, said yeah. in the last Thumbs couple up. of weeks. And if we go down, it's just even more value for money. <laughs> <laughs> Always a positive. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.